you're listening to Diverse City Podcast. Please stay tuned to hear a powerful word. For giving or more church information, check us out at diversecity.church. Or to text to give, text DIVERSE to 73256. Thank you for listening and enjoy the word. One of the teachers of the law came and heard them debating. Noticing that Jesus had given them a good answer, he asked them, of all of the commandments, which is the most important? Verse 29, the most important one answered Jesus. It is, hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one. Oh, the Lord, yeah, the Lord our God is one. Verse 30, <laughs> love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind and with all of your strength. Verse 31, and we're going to park it right here. The second is this, love your neighbor as yourself. There is no commandment greater than these. Before you sit down, give a few people a hug and tell them, you got to love me. (laughs) Give a few people a hug and say, you got to love me. That's what the word says. You got to love me. You ain't got to like my clothes. You don't have to like my nails, but you got to love me. That was only three. I said five, two more. Tell them, you got to love me. Amen. You got to love me. And a few people said under their voice and said, that's why I need Jesus in my life. You got to love me. All right. So I'm excited to be here today, Diverse City. How y'all doing? It is September 2019. The time is going by fast, but this has been an awesome year. I hope you've enjoyed it. And today I'm very excited because we are starting a new series. And the series is called Bam! Real Relationships. Yes, for the next six six or so, maybe eight-ish weeks, We're going to talk about relationships. Um, We're going to discuss it all. I want to make sure that everyone in here, when it comes to relationships, that you understand and have a biblical framework of what God says about relationships. So you come next week, we're going to talk about dating. (gasps) After that, once we get to dating, so you can learn how to date right, we're going to talk about marriage. What does the marriage look like? keeping score. We're going to talk about family. And we probably finished off with what it means to be saved and single. But today, before we even get started, I wanted to make sure we talk about a message that applies for everyone in here. Our focus today is how do you treat your neighbor? Are you a good Samaritan? Are you a good coworker? The way you perform and act at work, does it say and exemplify what would Jesus would do? If you moved out of your neighborhood, would your neighbors celebrate or would they be disappointed? And the reason why we want to talk about real relationships because the church as a whole, we've done a good job carrying our Bible. 
We've done a great job reading the scriptures. But church supposed to be a place that you can feel welcome, no matter your circumstances, no matter your issues, whether you wear lotion or you don't, whether you have tattoos or you don't, whether you got spike hair or dreads, or you have a toupee or a wig on, no conditions, no judgment here, you're gonna just get love. Now, at the same time, there's no debate between if God is a God of grace. And we all understand that God is a God of mercy. But also, we serve a God of choices. I like to say it this way. I, I believe in embracing the gospel of responsibility. And when it comes to relationships, our choices, our decisions, our actions, sometimes can be contradictory to what the word says. Now, if you move to the next one, some of y'all may miss this when you see Mark chapter 12 and verse 31 in the preceding voices, in, in the preceding verses, the Pharisees and the Sadducees only asked, what's the greatest commandment? But Jesus had the audacity to let them know, yes, love God with all your heart, but let me also tell you this, love your neighbor as yourself. Now, we spend a lot of time taking care of ourselves, getting in the mirror, and I'm happy about it. You got to do, put on what you need to put on, dress, press your clothes. But do we treat other people like we treat ourselves? When people encounter us, do they experience the power and the presence of Jesus? When you plan to go grocery shopping, on a Wednesday, and you only have a 45-minute lunch, and you go to Aldi's, and you get your food, and you're scrambling, you got everything on your list, and you go to one register, and the person that was there to ring you up cut their light off. Do you get frustrated? Then you go to the next person, and they're on the phone talking, doing whatever they got to do. What is your response? Do we act like Jesus? Or... Do we tell them how we really feel? Point number one, God wants all of us to win in every relationship we have. Whether you're friends, family, dating, neighbors, everybody that you deal with, God has designed for you to win. Jesus, everywhere he went, the relationships were solid. He treated no person differently. But sometimes, we can be honest, based on your experience, based on you see them in their circumstances and situations, it does dictate how we act and how we respond to them. See, God's view of us is not to be monks and go somewhere secluded and just read our Bible in an isolation, but God's design for all of us is to be able to join. But the devil... His objective is for us to divide. Join. It's not good for man to be alone. Yes, that has to do with marriage. Yes, that has to do with family. But sometimes we may never experience that. But there's parts of your life you will never experience. You'll never be able to embrace if you don't have other people around you. 
Sometimes you need to be able to see things a different way. Sometimes you got to understand that you ain't right. Yes, you're smart. Yes, you're educated. Yes, you got it going on. But sometimes God may use a person to check you. It's going to get better, I promise. So on a scale of 1 to 10, if we had to evaluate all of your interactions this week, were you a 10 at all of them? I'll be honest. I mean, some got a 10. A few got five. A few I won't even talk about. (laughs) But that's why I'm at Diverse City. We put it on the banner, let you know, lower your expectations. The perfect church for imperfect people. But at the same time, we need to be progressive in our walk. You used to be here. Sooner or later, you need to, no matter if you got to fall back a few times, but eventually, you have to move forward. Now, Jesus dropped that on us, but then as he built his case, you can see in Matthew chapter 5, verse 43, and, you know, If you don't want to get convicted or just a cut on a leg, you may just want to plug your ears. He says, you have heard the law that says, love your neighbor and hate your enemies. Verse 44. But I say, love your enemies. And how do you do it? You pray for those who persecute you. Pastor, I barely pray for myself. I ain't got time for no enemies. Pray for those who persecute you. They do you wrong. Lord, bless them. Nope. How are you treating those that will not benefit in your life? For those that cannot help you. Are you really praying for the people that can't change your destiny? Verse 45, it says, in that way. You will be acting like a true children of the Father in heaven. So if we're not praying, then that means we're not acting like a child of God. For he gives sunlight to both the evil and the good, and he sends rain on the just, hopefully not on Lime Park, hallelujah, and the unjust are alike. God is saying, I know you got issues with them. I know you're beefing. I know you sit on this side of church and they're over there. But you need to pray for them. You're minimizing. And there's a part of the experience that you can't get in your life until you change your interactions. So, point number two. God's love is not based on performance. Now, listen, there's an Eros type where it talks about the emotion, there's a phileo type of love, but God is saying right here, there's a certain type of agape, unconditional love that we're supposed to give to every person despite how they act, despite how they cut up, despite how they make you feel, that you have to love people despite their performance. Even though you counted on them, even though you trusted them, even though you loaned them some money and they went and bought something new and posted it on Facebook, God's love is not based on performance. Now, maybe like six or seven years ago when I read this scripture, a part of me went to the um, bathroom and I wanted to get some scissors and cut this scripture out. 
But then I realized on the other side, I liked some of the stuff that was in Matthew chapter 6. And I'm like, dang, what am I going to do, Lord? Do I change or do I give in? Because here's the thing. The spirit of discernment is something that we all need. Because when God wants to bless you, he'll send the person. When the devil wants to block you, he'll send the person. So what do we do? We have to be able to understand, one, some people are just for a season. The season is about to change, and we hang on to some people for a little bit too long, and the relationship goes sour, and you end up buying into them, and you figure out a few months later that it was a lemon, and you've invested all of this time, this emotion, and it was the devil. It wasn't even God. See, when God has ordained someone to help you, they don't even have to like you. Your manager, your boss, when God, oh, say it again, I got you. When God has ordained someone to help you, they don't have to like you. Matter of fact, he said, I will set up a table in the presence of your enemies. I'm getting hungry. Is the grill going yet? Did they leave? Yes, Lord, come on. Hamburgers, hot dogs, green beans, potato salad, baked beans, add honey, leave the sugar out, hallelujah. Keto, whoop, sorry, vegans, hallelujah. Anyway, sorry, all right, never mind. The Lord is the shepherd, he knows what I want. Thank you, Jesus. All right, here we go. First John chapter four, verse 20, I promise it gets worse. If anybody comes in here boasting and saying, I love God, you don't love God, what's wrong with you? <laughs> I love God and goes right on hating on his brother or sister, thinking nothing of it. He is a liar. Oh, hold up. Let me turn around. All right. If he won't love the person he can see, How can he love the God that he can't see? Mm, 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 mm. Dang, God. Anybody else when they were like, man, I don't remember that scripture. I normally stop at John, not the gospel of John, but first John. <sighs> now, <laughs> now, this week for me was very interesting. Let's tell a story real quick. So Wednesday, as I was preparing for this awesome message, um, I get my inspiration from everywhere, from the Bible, from videos, from artifacts, from conversations. And as I was taking a break and having my lunch, I went to um, Facebook and I saw someone post an article and I started to trip. They said, Popeye's chicken sandwiches are going out. You better get it quick. So I haven't tried one, and y'all hyped it up so much, I immediately left from Facebook and went to Google. Where is Popeye's at? I got to go in and see what it's about. I tried to make a few calls, just like their bad customer service, and nobody picked up the, on the phone. But I said, by faith, thus saith the Lord, go to this one. I got the Popeyes. I 
saw it online. And I said, yes, Lord, I know you got some chicken sandwiches. So I got in line. Not one, not two, not three. I got four of them. Because I knew if I had one and I ain't hooked my girl up, she was going to get me. So I got two original and two spicy. Lord, I made it to the parking lot. Diverse city. Ate the original. It was okay. It had a lot of mayonnaise. I'm not a big mayonnaise person, but okay. But the spicy one, mm, Jesus. Hallelujah. Yes, Lord. Hallelujah. It was so good. I was having a moment, and then here come Pastor Drew knocking on my window. I'm like, whoa, yo. I'm sorry, Lord. Bother me. He see my rapper. I enjoyed it. It was awesome. And I took it in. I took, took the two to Pastor Aldean. I cut it up. I tried to make Crystal eat it. She was like, I will not eat that defiled thing. And coming from a person that just had a fish fillet, and I'm like, come on, your palate is must be wrong. But it was awesome. And after I finished it, I went to a marriage counseling session and then feeling great, feeling good. But then conviction fell in. Can you go to the next picture? No, skip that one. I already passed that. My bad. I felt like Judas, y'all. I felt like I came to Diverse City, everybody eating Chick-fil-A, and I got my Popeyes. Conviction hit my heart. I was so hurt. Just for the rest of the night. Now, yesterday, which makes it even funnier, I said, well, they're going to run out on the weekend. It's not Sunday. Why not go get some more challenges? So I was like, I want my son to try it because he's unbiased, and if he likes it more than Chick-fil-A, then it's for real good. My father-in-law's here. I want him to experience and taste and see what Popeye's had produced. And so I go by faith back to the same one. And they on. And I look at the sign. They ain't got no more chicken sandwiches. I said, let me just make sure. Welcome to Popeye's. Can I take your order? Do y'all got any more chicken sandwiches? I'll go home and fry it myself. We out. Where everybody's out. And I was so hurt. My heart was killing me. And in that moment, this song came to my mind that it was gone. church. I was so hurt. I was so hurt. And then just like the prodigal son, when Popeye's ran out of chicken, when Popeye said we only have wings and legs, like the prodigal son, he was there waiting on me. Yes, Lord, give it to me. Chick-fil-A sauce. As a result, Chick-fil-A is greater than Popeye's. All right. So let's dig deeper, right? <laughs> Y'all are too saved. That was perfect. 
That song came about 9.15. I'm like, this would be perfect. Anyway, so when it comes to interactions, some of us have to be able to understand that we need help. We need support. Ephesians 4, 9, and 10. We all know it. For two are better than one because they have good return for their labor. If either of them falls down, one can help the other up. But pity on the person, the person in isolation, the person that falls and has no one to help us up. We got to understand that we all have issues. We all have challenges. Some days you can here with the victory, and other days you need your brother in Christ to be able to give you strength. Sometimes you're going to come in here, you're going to experience challenges, you're going to experience circumstances and situations, but together, through the power of community, together, as we all help to move forward in Christ Jesus, God is able to do a supernatural. Let me give you a testimony real quick. Come here, here real quick. Now, we got this email, or actually a card, and I want Aldine to be able to read it. And basically, I want to show you the power of being able to work together. I want you to be able to hear this and understand as we one unit and we get our interactions right, God can do exceedingly, abundantly, above all that we can ever ask or think. Boom, your turn, baby girl. Says, Dear Pastor James and church family, first... Thank you for the lady who sat in the hot sun serving our parking, oh, saving my parking spot. Two, thank you for the strong men who carried me in my wheelchair up and down the stairs. Three, thank you for the wonderful message about not taking your eyes off Jesus. Four, last but certainly not least, all the ones who laid hands on and prayed for me Praise God. My test results show no cancer. And God will be able to use me by witnessing to others and also by praying for our receptionist and for her and her dad. In Christian, in love, Barb Hearns. Amen. Give yourself a hand, diversity. Now, what do you hear? What do you see in here is that her healing started from the moment she got on campus. What also is not said is she drove and attends another church, but God led her here to drive 45 minutes out of her way because God was ready to touch her. It started with the parking lot, sacrificing in the hot sun to make things set up for her, for the men that were able to help. And I did my part with the word, and all the ladies came together prayed a prayer of an agreement to be able to see God to do the miracles, signs, and wonders. That's what we're trying to do here. It's not about me. It's not about the team, but it's about you doing your part to be able to participate in what God wants to do. Amen. Now, what the devil will tell you when you have cancer, what the devil will tell you when you he wants to take you to a place of isolation, your place of pity, where you can sit with your lip all hanging out, you're frustrated, but you have to have some brothers and sisters in Christ 
say they can check you and get you in alignment. That's why we don't just come to church and sit. It's about relationships. Statistics show that if you don't have five healthy relationships within six months of joining a church, you're probably going to leave. No matter how good the preaching is, no matter how good the worship is, and we care about those dearly. But today, days like today, when we go to a picnic, I know you want to go home. I know you want to go sleep. But this is the moments when you build relationship. This is the moments when you're able to speak breakthrough. This is the moment when you're hurting, you can text, you can call someone because we are in this together. And if we're truly loving God the right way, we have to be able to love our neighbor as ourselves. Period. Now that all sounds good, but then when you read Romans chapter 12, verse 18, look at these first word, first four words. If it is possible, if it is possible, which means that some people, it's not impossible. As far as it depends on you. Live at peace with everyone. Now, for some of you, you're going to be surprised. You're going to get to heaven. You're going to be amazed with some of the people you see. You're going to be saying, good, I can't believe you made it. You got here all by yourself. And some people, we have to learn how to love from a distance. But if it's possible to live at peace, God wants us connected. God can in anybody's life, but you're not assigned to every person. Everybody is assigned to a few, but everybody is not assigned to everybody. So a part of that, you have to understand that a part of friendships is that it's a process. It's a work. It's not that that person's going to be perfect. It's not that that person doesn't have their own set of challenges and problems. But together, if we're trying to live at peace, we can still head in the right direction. Proverbs chapter 27, verse 17, it says, As iron sharpens iron, so as a friend sharpens a friend. Who is sharpening you in your life? Who is the person that's able to keep you accountable who is the person that you're willing to make an exchange with? See relationships like a bank. That person should be able to make deposits, and that person have to be able to make withdrawals. But there should be an exchange. Sometimes they're going to need something from you. Sometimes you're going to need something from them. But the intent is that we're sharpening each other. What happens is when it comes to relationships, and we'll talk and dig deep and into it more, is that sometimes we're willing to settle for what the devil We're willing to, the Bible says, faithful are the wounds of a friend, but the kisses of the enemy is deceitful. Some of us will settle for the kisses just not to be alone. Some of us will settle for the kisses just to say, I got married. And I'm telling you, if you got married for the wrong reasons, you will be a part of the statistics that are going on. It's sad to say that in the world that more than 50% of marriages end in divorce. And it's also even more troubling that 50% of Christian marriages supposed to be Bible-believing. Yes, there are circumstances. Yes, there are situations. But it's also 50%. How are we 
in the same realm as the world must be something we ain't doing right. It must be something that we're forgetting. It must be somebody didn't check us and we're settling for the kisses and they said, stop, don't do it, leave them alone. They gave you a wound and you were willing to take a kiss instead. Oh man, this is my Boaz. Nope, that's a bozo. Don't do it. <laughs> leave him alone. Leave him alone. I promise. I promise. When you're not around, I see him act. I'm telling you, I want to help you. Oh, she's fine. That's my promiscuous woman. I mean, my Proverbs 31, but she's still promiscuous. The way she looked at you, she looked at five other people that way. Mm-mm-mm. All right, number three. God wants us all, if we want to have new relationships, we have to have a new heart. Most of our hearts look like this. It's all sewed together. You got Band-Aids all over it, and it's just barely hanging on. You're like one strike, one relationship away to say, I give up. I quit it. But God is not trying to take this heart. He wants to give you a new heart. So what does a new heart look like? Number one, a new heart means you have to receive help. For the Bible says, for there are two or three are gathered in my name. There I am in the midst of them. Who are the two or three people that you can get around and say, I need God in this situation? I'm not sure. I'm feeling some kind of way. And I want to get out my feelings. I want to get into faith. You've got to receive help. Another one for that, also help, is not in there, but humility. Yeah. Humility is so important. Number two, for the heart, you have to show empathy. The Bible talks about it. It says, don't you, well, no, nope. don't you realize that those, don't you realize that those who do wrong will will not inherit the kingdom of God? We get that. Don't fool yourself, dot, dot, dot. Such were some of you were. Some of y'all forgot where God brought you from. Some of y'all forgot y'all are so self-righteous, you way over here. But God talks about in those middle verses that we used to drink, we used to tear up the club. The Corinthians, they used to fight outside, and you forgot your testimony. And now you're not showing empathy to other people because you're bad now. You know 10 scriptures. You can recite all 66. But where's your empathy? Where is your compassion for other people? Where is the love of God that you understand that you messed up today, you're going to mess up tomorrow, and so when someone brings their issues to you, that you don't judge them? Real maturity is not what you know, but what do you do with what you know? Some of your capacity is this small, because if it get this big, gossip occurs. And for others, if we're going to be diverse city, perfect church for perfect people, embrace different nationalities, embrace different cultures, we have to be able to empathize with other people. Sometimes you got to agree to disagree, but you have to be able to show empathy. Next one, A, this is a tough one. Let us therefore make every effort to do what leads to peace and mutual edification. 
when is the last time you apologize? When is the last time you say, I'm sorry? Hashtag my bad. Apologize. We hold grudges. We hold unforgiveness. And we try to complain about revival and God being able to move. And I touched and laid hands on people. And I did intercessory prayer. I did tithes and offering. And God is so far removed from your gifts and your talents because you're holding a grudge. Your heart is hard. It's callous. I showed a red heart, but some of y'all hearts are black. In relationships, because you've been burned before, and first and foremost, as the pastor, I apologize for everyone that's been hurt by church before. I apologize for every church you've been at and they did you wrong. I apologize for those people that did not walk in humility, that those people that did not empathize you, that those people that were judging and forgot where they came from. I apologize. Accept my apology. Look to your neighbor and say, I'm sorry. Say, I'm sorry. No, some of y'all said sorry. Say, I am sorry. You've been challenged this week. Who are the people that you need to just apologize for and put it on credit? Just in case, I'm sorry. Because nobody is worth you ruining your relationship with God or ruining the next season of your life for a 30-second conversation. Try to call. If they don't pick up, leave a voicemail. Text it, but apologize. Mutual edification. You're bigger than that. You're better than that. But we have to learn how to let it go. Number four, for the heart. Humility, help, empathy, apology. And for some of us, we forgot how to repent. You're, you said it. You made the confession. If any of you confess with my mouth and believe with our heart. Yes, but repentance means I'm going this way. And now I'm going this way. Your words mean nothing if your actions and your attitude don't follow up. Amen. So what does it say? Let no corrupting, corrupting talk come out of your mouths, but only such what is good building up as it's fit for the occasion, that it may give us grace, grace to those who are able to hear. Repent. It's okay. Get the Band-Aids out off of your heart because sooner or later they're going to fall off. It may happen when we play kickball and Elmer hits you with it, the Band-Aid comes off. It's going to hurt. It's going to sting. But it's not worth risking the next season of your life. Repent. Number five, you have to accept God's truth. Stop making excuses. Don't get your scissors like me and be ready to cut out the things that you don't like. But accept his truth, his full and his whole counsel for you. And it says in verse 30, and do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God by whom you were sealed for the day of redemptions. I'll be the first one to admit I've done things 
that has grieved the Holy Spirit. What is that word grieve? When you study it in the Greek, it means to limit. It means to waste away. It means to push off. You're holding on to issues. You're not willing to accept the truth. You're not willing to love your neighbor as yourself. And I went through a season of like, God, why aren't you moving? I said the word. You said decree a thing and it'll be established. But I've realized that I was grieving the Holy Spirit. I pushed him away. Because when I got home, I had to say this. I had to say that. You had to say this. You had to say that. And you pushed away the person, the thing, the objective of the whole Christian life. Jesus came and died for you to be able to have the Holy Spirit. But if our heart is not right, we push him away. We push him away and we go through seasons and circumstances after bad relationship, after bad relationship, and eventually we're mad at all people and the Holy Spirit says, you need to apologize. You need to repent. You need to have empathy. You need to be humble. You need to get right and you need to be able to accept the whole truth. Stand to your feet, diverse city. As we get ready to close, I want us to be able to do something different because I know all of us have struggled in one of those five areas. But today, this is a corporate altar call for everyone that as we move forward with relationships, we're going to have some more fun next week with dating, with marriages, with family, but we got to get our stuff, we got to get ourselves together. And if we're going to be able to move forward, if we're going to experience the difference, we have to have a new heart. As we get ready to close, I want to do a joint prayer, but I would like for everyone to grab somebody's hands. At Diverse City, then with the banner, the perfect church for imperfect people, as a sign of unity, as a sign that we're all a work in process, I'm going to do a joint prayer for all of us, and I'm going to challenge you to continue to come here for these next as we walk through every area of every aspect of our life. But today, the goal is to get the main thing right. Treat people the way you want to be treated. Yes, they're going to mess up. Yes, they're going to have issues. Yes, you're going to have to bite your tongue a little bit. But we can do this together. Can we do this? All right. So, dear Heavenly Father, we just thank you for all that you're doing for your people at Dabra City. Lord, I know this message was challenging. Just as I study, it was challenging for me. Lord, I pray that everyone under the sound of my voice will receive a new heart today, Lord. Whatever area and aspect that they're struggling with, as they make a confession to you, I thank you that there are no condemnation for the people of Diverse City. As we hold our brother and sister hand, let this be a sign that we can do this together. So whether I need humility, whether I need to turn back to holiness, or whether I just need to get some help, yes, I'm educated. Yes, I have my own set of experiences. Yes, I'm 70 years old. Yes, I'm 20 years old. But God, I want you new work in my heart. 
Also for those that need to show empathy, to go above and beyond to show the loving level of Christ. Whether that means to be treated like a good Samaritan, whether that means that we interact with others like the, wom- the woman with the issue of blood or the woman at the well, that we will continue to empathize and not say, why are you doing that? But we'll say, me too. I messed up on this. I struggled here. And the same God that was able to help me then is available to help you. Lord, I pray for those that need to make an apology. Some of us have been holding on to grudges for years from relationships, from their parents, from their children, from their coworkers, from their neighbors. And I pray during this week that they'll accept the challenge to say, I forgive you. That they will say, we're good. We're moving forward in this together. And Lord, I pray for those to have a true heart of repentance. That it doesn't become a Sunday thing, but it's a Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday thing. That we walk with a grace and a humility for all of the wonderful things that you have done. And last but not least, I pray for those to be able to accept your truth. Lord, to get saved is easy. Only you sanctification. And so pray over these next six to eight weeks that we're able to move forward in our relationships. Let the relationships that we embody, let the relationships that we display to be an attractor to show there must be something different at this church. I've seen the way they treated their boss when they were mean to them. I've seen the way they treated their husband. I've seen the way she, he treated his wife. I've seen the way that they raised their kids. But Lord, that you're giving everyone in here good healthy, wholesome relationships. So Lord, I pray that we just continue to strive for you, to give you all of our heart, might, and soul, that it made me more than a worship experience and let everyone to be able to see, know, and understand that we're truly loving our neighbor as we love ourselves. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Amen. You are dismissed. As we said it, we're getting ready to go to Lee May Park. Feel free to be able to come. If you need prayer, we'll make sure to have our corporate prayer team and come back next week as we talk about dating. Amen.